This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Hello and welcome along to the latest Agenda podcast from the Blood Red channel with myself, Matt Addison, alongside both Charlotte Coates and Eddie Kay. It was quite the Saturday for Liverpool this weekend as they came from behind to beat Norwich City at Anfield with new signing Luis Diaz on the score sheet. And things got even better later in the day as Manchester City were beaten surprisingly at home to Tottenham. That means that Liverpool are now six points behind City in the standings, but of course have played a game less and also have to go to the Etihad Stadium on the weekend of the 9th and 10th of April. Charlotte, I'll come to you first. It it felt like a a big day in the title race. Of course, there's still plenty of time left. Liverpool still have to, to do their own job and keep doing what they've been doing, which is winning pretty much every week. But it does kind of feel, as we're sat here right now, that it's probably back on if it was ever off for you. Yeah, I mean, got to a stage, I think, when we were 12 points behind at one stage and you just couldn't see, you just couldn't see City slipping up that much. Um, The fact that Liverpool would have to go pretty much perfect because you lose a game, it's 15 points. Like City were just a machine, they were just winning and winning. So you're just thinking, well, title race is over because of how good this City team is. Um, So obviously yesterday when... Absolutely perfect as far as Liverpool are concerned. Now six points in it, chance to make it three on Wednesday, and then everything's played for then when it's three points. Um, but what it's done now is it's given it's just given Liverpool a massive boost, like that hope. Well, it's not hope anymore, it's it's more like like you're in a race, you're in an actual title race now. So it's not you're not just hoping that, oh, well, maybe maybe something will, will happen and all this. Like, it could be three points, which is, in the scheme of things, it's it's nothing in football. Yeah, it, it certainly feels good, doesn't it, Eddie, in terms of, of that race, fighting on four fronts still, the, the Carling Cup, or Carabao Cup final, I should say, next weekend, of, of course. There's still so much to, to play for. I mean, Pep Guardiola did say yesterday that, he has no doubt that his team can bounce back. They're very much still, I think it's fair to say, in the, the kind of driving seat for this title race. But just how much of a, a boost do you think this weekend can be for Liverpool approaching the sort of last third of, of the season, really? Well, I think, to be honest, everything's sort of been on a bit of a upward slope ever since we beat Arsenal um, and sort of booked a spot in the cup final. Everything seems to be a lot more positive. And then after yesterday, there was a point where I was sat, I was sat in the cop at one 0 down yesterday afternoon, and I thought this is going to be a really awful Saturday, and it ended up ended up being about as good as it possibly could have been. So, I mean, I think it's just a ma- them losing to Spurs. It just reminds everyone that you know they're not invincible because we're used to just seeing this juggernaut that goes and five nils all the bottom half of the table, and then don't really give any of the top four a sniff. But I think it just sort of reminds everyone. That uh, you know they are beatable. United are going to be looking at their game against City now, licking their lips, thinking, "Oh, great, we can do Liverpool a favour." <laughs> um, but yeah, I think um, it's de- I, a couple of weeks ago I'd pretty much written it off when it was you know it was eight, eight or nine points. I thought it's sort of done, but now everyone, everyone sort of you could feel the atmosphere yesterday. Once we went three one up, everyone was like, "Yeah, we're, we're in the title race here." I think that's certainly how it feels, isn't it, Charlotte? And I think it's a a really important point that that Eddie makes there in terms of sort of giving other teams hope. It does sometimes feel like Manchester City will just turn up and 
be able to, to win fairly comfortably. But what Tottenham did to them yesterday, they kind of template the counter-attack in. You'd think that a team like Manchester United, for example, or maybe later down the line, a team like Wolves, for example, there's, there's other teams around the league that could look at what Tottenham did against Manchester City and maybe kind of have used that as, as their own model to try and do something similar. It, it's not going to happen every week, of course, but there is a bit more of a chance now that City could drop points. It, it doesn't feel so unlikely. Oh, yeah. Well, you look at the table, City have lost three games already, but it's just, I feel like that's the difference between Liverpool and City at times where opponents opponents can come to Anfield and like Liverpool went four years unbeaten at Anfield, but you still feel that it was never like a foregone conclusion sort of thing. Like yesterday, for example, Norwich took the lead. Like you couldn't really imagine Norwich taking the lead at City because these teams, they just kind of, it's like damage limitation sort of thing when they, when they play City. Whereas at Liverpool, it's kind of like, oh, well, can nick a goal, quiet, quiet the, uh, the crowd down and all that. We'll see what we can get. But Tottenham just, like City have been on this run. And Champions League midweek, they were unbelievable, one five nil away and all that. You just think, well, they're just going to keep going and going. Um, then all of a sudden, they get beat and Tottenham have been in bad form. They've lost their last three before that. So it's not as if they'd come up against like second in the league who were massively in form. Um, but yeah, they just kind of put a bit of a blueprint out there on how to, how to beat them. And it gives teams an example of something to follow. And yeah, it's not going to work every time because... City is city. Um but it just it does give you hope that teams are gonna go there and put up a bit more of a fight. It's gonna be a, an interesting week, isn't it, Eddie? I mean for, for Liverpool they can only do you know what they can do in their own games, they have to, to win. How big does, does Leeds now on, on Wednesday feel? Of course, that being the game in hand that Liverpool have. Everton, Man City next weekend, of course, will give City another game in in the, the race again ahead of Liverpool whilst they play in the, the cup final. So it's not going to last long that they'll have played the, the same number of games. But just psychologically, to get within three points of City again, how much of a difference could that make in this title? I do I do think that would make a big difference getting to within three of them. But then at the same time, you sort of, you look ahead and you're like, right now we've got to go on and win every game after that as well. It's... it's it's, it's it's a bit of a daunting task when you sort when you look at it really because how many games can you see City dropping points in from now to the end of the season? I know I've just said uh, it, that that result reminds everyone they're not invincible, but you're still thinking, you know, every most weeks they're going to probably win three nil. But um, I, 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 something about Leeds just I don't I don't like it. Is it is it Wednesday night? Yeah. Yeah, something about it just leaves a dodgy feeling in my stomach. I feel like they might come and do something, but it's a massive game. And if, I think if we if we manage to get it back down to three from where it was, I think everyone, not 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 just Liverpool fans, everyone will be sort of acknowledging it's it's definitely the title race is on. Yeah, I mean, just to, to sort of look at the next six games, Leeds for Liverpool on Wednesday, then the cup final, of course, then they've got in the league West Ham, Brighton. Arsenal is their game in hand again from the cup final week. So that's when they'll catch up to, to City. Manchester United, Watford, and then that trip to the Etihad Charlotte. So as much as, you know, on paper you say, well, you know, West Ham, Brighton, Liverpool should beat these teams. Again, it's it's not a foregone conclusion, is it? Liverpool have basically just got to do what they were going to do anyway, which is try and win every game and, and hope, as Eddie says, that there are one or two fixtures in which 
City don't necessarily lose, but certainly drop points. Yeah, it's it's what makes Premier League so exciting. The fact that so many, like everyone could be everyone really. Um, so the fact that you look at next six fixtures, you made them out then, and I think they made like oh, we win most of them. Um, but you know it's never that easy. Like West Ham be at Anfield, but West Ham aren't going to lie down for us and. Um, Arsenal away could be that could be a game to go level on points. It could be a game to go within three points. Who knows? But it's not going to be easy. Um, even your teams like Watford at Anfield, I mean, should win. But the Premier League's just so strong now. Where and the fact that Liverpool are under so much pressure as well to win because they know it's kind of like that title race back a few years ago when lost out by one point and. It was basically like you went into every game really nervous because you knew a slip up and it was essentially done because City were winning every game, we were winning every game. So even City will have been thinking, oh, we can't lose a game because Liverpool will win the league. Um, kind of feels like that again now. Like I, I feel like we might get into something like that where it might just come down to like that season did really come down to that game at the Etihad in January that we lost. Um, if we hadn't lost that, we'd have, we'd have won the league. But obviously, it might all come down to that again in April. Big game at Man City, and then who knows what will happen from then. I think that's it, isn't it, Eddie? It's it's a case of making sure that the gap is three points or, or less when you go into that game at the Etihad. You can almost make that a Premier League Cup final. If, if, if that's how it is at that point. But of course, it's that time between now and then. You've got to make sure that that is the case and that is the circumstances that you kick off on. Yeah, I think we've we've got to stay within touching distance because it, if it's if it's anything... Do you know, if it's six and we go there and beat them, maybe I'll still still think there's a chance. But you've got to think we've, we want to try and keep it to three, go there, and then we, we, that, that, we've just got to got to win that game. But... I, th- I think we would. I, I could, I, if we're within three points and we go to their place, I could see it being one of those where we just steamroll them in the first twenty. To be honest, because I, th- I think if um, if they have that that extra motivation, they're still within three points by the time it gets to that game. I don't think as anybody who's as good at sort of motivating his players as Klopp as Klopp is, and the be within three points would be enough motivation anyway. So I just think it's it is crucial staying in touching distance for that game. So yeah, this next run of results just just got to win every game. Yeah, Leeds, West Ham, Brighton, Arsenal, Manchester United, and Watford is the the run for for Liverpool. For for Manchester City, it's Everton and Manchester United, then Crystal Palace, Brighton, and Burnley, and then Liverpool. Of course, they've got one less fixture in that period because of course there is that game in hand. I mean. Just looking at those Everton, United, Palace, Brighton and Burnley, Eddie, is there, is there any games there that you look at and think, oh, maybe they might slip up? I know sort of you wouldn't expect that really of, of any team against Manchester <laughs> funnily, City. Funnily enough, in that I, I can't see, a, I can't see a Everton or um, United doing us a favour, but the one uh, the one that sticks in my mind there is Burnley. They, they look like they're really, really fighting uh, to stay up. Obviously, they won, won yesterday. And I, I just always fancy them to pull something out of the bag. Obviously, Everton, I think, will roll over. I think United maybe because they they do they do seem to turn up for the city games once or, once or twice a year, depending on you know where they're at and it, 
but they might have like lost the last three in a row, but they'll pull a performance out of nowhere. You know, Rashford will score a hat trick or something like that out of nowhere because he loves it against them. But um, yeah, I, th- I think I'm looking at United and Burnley there, the two uh, two Manchester teams. Hopefully, help us out. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. I mean, you, you look at that United game, Charlotte, and that suddenly starts to feel a little bit bigger. And I think that the big thing for me, and we said this a little bit just before we started recording, was that the way that, that Tottenham play is not dissimilar to the way that, that United will play and, and set up against them. There's probably a, a little bit of a pattern. There's certainly some learnings to take for, for City, but also for United in terms of, of copying Tottenham. Is that the sort of game plan that you could see working against City? Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean... City could have one of those days where they're just untouchable and on the ball because they have so much of the ball and the players they have, if, if it clicks for them, then it clicks for them and you've got to hold your hands up and say, that fair play. Um, but not every team's perfect. Either. You can't go 90 minutes and not lose a ball in a bad area. So United's pace up front, the way the way they play on the break at times, it probably it might suit them the way... That City play like United want, they won't be taking the game to City. They won't get the hold of the ball and attacking all the time because they're just not. They've not got that capability to do it against a team that good. Um, so yeah, Tottenham. Tottenham's an example for them. And the fact that, like, yeah, United fans will be like, "Well, I don't want to do Liverpool a favour and all this," but at the end of the day, they're fighting for the top four. So, what would they rather do? Finishing the top four or potentially not help Liverpool win the league. Like there's many, many, many games to go from now until um end of season. So it's not gonna have much of an impact. Um but yeah Tottenham the way Tottenham play is is a massive it's a it's a massive example for United to follow for that game. Yeah, absolutely. You spent a, a lot of time then talking about City, a lot of time talking about Liverpool as well. I think it's fair to say that, that Chelsea, Eddie, probably out of, of title contention at this point. They're slightly too far behind, you would have, have thought, to, to get themselves back into it. But I did think it was interesting yesterday when they'd beaten Crystal Palace by a goal to nil. Thomas Tuchel at the end said that Liverpool have essentially an advantage in the fact that they've signed Luis Diaz in January how much of a boost do you think that's been for Liverpool? Of course, he got his his first goal against Norwich. He started to to settle in well. How how big a boost is that? And, and how impressed have you been with him so far? I, I think it's been a massive boost. I, I, you know, I've been really impressed up until uh, kickoff yesterday, and then I was unimpressed for about seventy minutes, and then he scored, and I was impressed again. So, but uh, I think he's I think he's been a massive boost. You can't, you know, you, you look at how many changes Klopp had to make yesterday. You look at that back line, like Gomez playing right back. He can't really play right back that well, but he did a job. But then you look at the front three and he's he's put out this team with massive changes and it's still Mane, Salah, Diaz. And you're thinking, oh, well, that we should just blow Norwich away then with them three up top. So it's been such a massive boost. You look at the sort of the strength in depth in that front line now where before you were thinking if one of them gets in, if well, before we brought Jota in, it was if one of Firmino Mane Salah gets injured, you know, that that's it. Then we brought Jota in. Obviously now now got Diaz as well. Origi's back fit. It was good to see him yesterday. I think it I think it's a massive boost. You could tell the uh the sort of every time he was on the ball yesterday, everyone in the ground sort of willing him on, wanting him to do something. Probably didn't help him because he did try and beat his man pretty much every time and failed. But yeah, once he got his goal yesterday, you could tell that everyone in the ground was just buzzing for him. You could see it, it was written all over his face. But um 
yeah, I think it's been I think it's been a massive boost, and I think it's been one that's probably propelled us on a bit and given us even more of that sort of upward trajectory that I was talking about. Yeah, especially important as well, Charlotte, with the, the injuries to Diogo Jota and Roberto Firmino. Klopp said he expects Firmino to be out for a while, I think, which is a slightly vague and slightly worrying sort of uh, comment to, to make on him. We don't quite know the extent of Diogo Jota's injury yet, but again, Klopp did say that it maybe wasn't quite as, or certainly didn't look quite as bad as, as possibly what it could do. So hopefully the pair of them are, are back sooner rather than later. But it is a reminder, isn't it, of the sort of squad that, that Liverpool have a, a couple of seasons ago. If two out of your first choice front three were missing, you'd be you'd be really worried at this point. Oh yeah, I remember when like no disrespect to Origi or Minamino, but an injury to Salamane, Firmino, Jota now. Um you're thinking it's just a massive drop in quality for who comes in and it's not just that, like they do a job to Minamino or Origi. It's, it's the fact that if, say, Raheem Sterling got injured at City or Grealish got injured, they just bring another one in and there's no difference. Um, so it's kind of like that at Liverpool now, apart from Salah, but that's obviously Salah, isn't it? So, um, like, yeah, you've got Firmino injured, you've got Jota injured, and yet you're still starting with a front three of um, Salah, Mane, and Diaz. So, it's taken years, it's taken a good few years to build up to this, but finally Liverpool now have five top quality attackers where if an injury happens or someone needs a rest, someone's out of form, you can rotate and there shouldn't be that much difference inside. And the signing Diaz were a bit of a masterstroke for Liverpool. It surprised everyone. And I think the, um, the move from Tottenham originally kind of pushed Liverpool onto seal the deal so they didn't lose the man like maybe Liverpool had gone for him in the, in the summer um, but they obviously knew the talents of him and they didn't want to they didn't want to not sign him didn't want him to go to a Premier League rival so yeah the way the way he's come in and slotted in and it's, it's, it's as if he's been at Liverpool for years and he's going to be a massive asset moving forward in the Premier League and especially I think he'll do really well in the Champions League because he knows that competition and He's he's performed well in that competition and yeah he's it, it's finally now where Liverpool have a squad where they can in the forward line they can really compete for Man City in, in quality and numbers. Yeah, certainly in the the forward line and, and probably in the midfield as well, Eddie. Just a a quick word on Thiago Alcantara yesterday. I think it would be wrong of us not to mention him given how good he was. How impressive was he yesterday? Oh my God, there was a pass he hit to Salah. I think I think Salah might have hit up, might have had a shot and he went over or something. Where it went like it must have skimmed Brandon Williams's head. It was just ridiculous. When he came on yesterday, he he was just a he's on a different level in that midfield. He just doesn't ever look like he's going to lose the ball. The sort of the weight of his pass is everything. It's just he's a joy to watch. Honestly, when he came when he came on, you could just hear everyone around you every five minutes go, "Oh, he's special in there. He's a great player." But yeah. It, it, it completely changed the game when he came on. It was it was the right move to make. I thought Kater Kater hadn't had a great game, um, but yeah, once he once he came on, he, I, I can't remember him having lost the ball. And some of the, some of the passes he plays are just outrageous. And I think for some reason, whenever he's on the pitch, Henderson seems to want to pass the ball forward a bit more rather than you know sort of knocking it around sideways. And that's when Henderson makes that pass for Diaz's goal, and it's like. I don't know if I makes that pass if Thiago's not on the pitch, sort of giving him that push. But 
yeah, he's, he, he has such an influence on the game. It's just, he's, he's a different level. Yeah, absolutely. A special talent, certainly one that Liverpool need to, to keep fit between now and the end of the season. But even if they don't, plenty of things still to play for. We mentioned the, the game at the Etihad at the beginning of April. Six games after that for both teams. So, fingers crossed, Steven Gerrard's Aston Villa going to the Etihad on the final day of the season could be a, an interesting one to keep an eye on, I would think. But that just about does us, I think, for this edition of the show. We'll have the Blood Red podcast on Monday with even more reaction to the Norwich game and the Manchester City result, plus all the build-up to Leeds United on Wednesday. For now, though, from all of us here, that's all we've got time for, and it's goodbye for now. You've been listening to the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo.